It's Tuesday. Two, 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 two. Episode 2,222 of the PC Per Podcast. And as has been pointed out, in just a couple of weeks, it'll be a much more two full day. Two, 22, Coming up later in Yeah, February. but if you're going by military time, in nine minutes, it's going to be two, 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 two. You lost me at two. 22 seconds. But it's Wednesday. We're doing this on a Wednesday. We no, 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 no. Ten twenty-two in military time is twenty-two twenty-two. Right, but I mean, well, on the East Coast it will be. Right now it's ten thirteen. Yeah. But that's twenty-two. Yeah. So in nine minutes. All right. In nine minutes we'll start the show again. All right. No, I just want to point we'll out that Sebastian now. is the one that that sabotaged this. So that's all I want to say. <laughs> we had to talk about it. It's it's a day that people for some reason have made a big deal out of some in some corners of the internet. <sighs> I just thought anyway. Hey, you Numerology, can find out when we go man. live at pcper.com slash subscribe. And you can go to patreon.com and become one of our exclusive PC per patrons. It's a some people do this. They they do, and mm. they are part of a community that you have to you have to get in there to believe. The, the kind of camaraderie that people feel, the way that it changes their life in ways that they never expected. Yeah. Uh, we have some new patrons. I know I know of two in the last week, and I think Brett might have more, but Andy and Matt. And Matt wrote us a note and gave us a quote. Should I read it? You want to read it, Josh? I, I think Josh Josh should read it because he's Matt right. says, wait, 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 wait. wait. <laughs> That's show notes. And yeah, just to it's, let everybody Matt know, Jackson, right? <clears throat> we we practice this the Matt, night before. None of this is off the cuff. No, it's we, well we try to make and... this sound like we're just riffing, but we've actually everything is scripted except for that. It's very high, heavily scripted, and that. Mm-hmm. All right, Matt Jackson, Matt, Matt, Matt says to us. Well, he writes to us. He quotes himself and puts it on paper. He says, been watching you for a long time, and I love what you guys do, and I'm happy to be able to support you. If you get this and want a message to read out like I'd like it to be my own hot take, since Linus Sebastian is known for his hot takes recently, LTT is dead. Long live LTT. Also, PC Purr is bay. Yes, we are. I wrote a note back and I signed it Bay. So Bay. Yeah, PC Per is Bay. Excellent. I I accept that. Uh, Aaron. I'm gonna do the last yeah, I'm gonna do yeah. the last one first. Oh, okay. Because okay. it's a this is a repeat offender. I think that's the way I want to put it. Uh, somebody who's manipulating uh, this segment, I think. I think it is. Uh for the today's prize in blatant manipulation, and kudos to you, good sir. Sir Brogative of uh, fabrication labs. He cannot be stopped and he won't be stopped. I'm not, there's no stopping this person. Um, yeah. So thank you again. And also thanks to Aaron. It's but time. Thanks. Thanks a lot, Aaron. Sorry. Yes. Go ahead. Move, moving Patreon on. segment thank over. <laughs> let's, let's shift things to Laramie, Wyoming, where Josh will tell us about oh, an Lord. experience that he had. I don't even know what the hell that was. I, I'm not sure. Yeah, what what is wrong with you box? today? What's going on? Okay, so this well, is that's the, in his belly. Uh, that's what's wrong. <laughs> this is called the Seamus. I was able to eat approximately a third of this, and it is surprisingly deep of tater tots. So Seamus is tater tots covered with white queso, freshly cut, roasted hatch chilies, then spread up upon it, and then finally. As the coup de gras, smoked pulled pork, all mixed together, and it's it's if there was a gut bomb, this this would be the gut bomb. It's it's so tasty. Think think poutine, but on steroids, with even more stuff. It's fantastic. It has has that smoky hatch green chili flavor. It's got freshly fried tater tots white queso always always a fan 
And yeah, everything topped off with the meaty, smoky flavor of the the pulled pork. I don't know how these people do it, but I can see why Guy Fieri came and visited them because their food is fantastic. And um, so there you go, Seamus. The the episode has not aired yet, I don't think, has it? Not yet. It's probably about four more months. We'll see it. Did we talk about Kyle's very long <laughs> blog post? Cardo CP. And well, I mean, I'll know. point out first that he's late yeah. to the game with this, uh, or at least late to admitting it. He he admitted it to himself several years back and left the business. I, there's a lot of stuff in here. This is uh, Kyle Bennett, formerly editor-in-chief of Cardo CP. He still owns the site, so now he's just using it as a blog. And of course, there's still the hard forms, but that's a separate thing. So if you go to Cardo CP... There's a few stories up, and the latest one is about the reviewer industry, as he puts it. And he titled it, Status Quo is No Mo. And if you haven't if you have read this, just go to Hard OCP, read it if you're interested, if you were ever a reader of Hard OCP or Kyle Bennett's stuff. Well, but that's the most ironic thing about it, is that his entire point is that you actually won't read this. You would have had to make a video. This is the, this is the, I have a couple of hot takes of my own hot takes, <laughs> hot takes. not that anybody we should have cares, a song we should have a song there should be a hot takes song the first argument is that gpu msrp will go away i think it's i think it's a little reactionary to say that just because that's what the current market is like because they right now you can get away with announcing a product and not even announcing a price just mm-hmm. saying oh you know our partners and retailers will decide that's bogus. Obviously, there is a price somewhere that a, a distributor, a retailer has to pay for the product, which is then marked up. That's how retail works. So there is a list price somewhere. And then the store policy, whatever their own internal markup percentage is, gets applied to that. Mm-hmm. But I think after this all blows over, say Ethereum 2... Whenever it goes proof of stake instead of, yeah. It, once you can't profitably mine Ethereum anymore, I don't care about the other coins. Ethereum is the one that people buy graphics cards to mine. Mm. So mm-hmm. once that is not profitable anymore or not possible anymore, then all of a sudden you'll have this glut of graphics cards and you'll need to you know, be aggressive about price and be competitive on price performance mm. again. One would hope. Unless this is just the end. Uh, well, but we've also made the point numerous times that AMD and NVIDIA are not making the, the profit on that. That they're selling them to pay people at the whatever the trade price is or whatever the bulk price is. And if someone marks it up a thousand percent, AMD or NVIDIA are not going to see that. It, it's all on the person selling it. So saying that MSRP is gone, it's like, no, that's the base price that people are buying it at, or like the, the resellers are buying it at, to then sell it. I don't think Josh agrees, though. That's, that's, that's I mean, yes and no. <clears throat> First of all, AMD and, and, and NVIDIA, they've been able to increase their margins pretty dramatically. And with AMD, I mean, they're now finally, you know, they're at a low of, gosh, something like 31 32 percent uh, and now they're they're up to 50 and in fact Intel has gone up from its 60s down to 50 due to you know mainly 10 nanometer or whatever they want to hell they 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 call that now uh, seven I, I don't know um, the process node but so basically you know when they sell a GPU they they essentially sell the memory that goes with it with it and so Nvidia, you know, make sure it has, uh, you know, these these pretty good uh, relationships with memory manufacturers and they bundle these things together and they send them off to the card guys. And the card guys, then, they have to deal with component shortages, uh, which are still very much a thing, uh, long lead times of getting those components. Shipping is horrific. All these things that, that come together to really hurt their bottom line because we've gone, you know, to because we have you know pretty good shipping and uh, computers to a lot of just-in-time manufacturing, right? Because that makes the most sense uh, financially, but it doesn't make the most sense when you have potential disruptions. 
So if something happens, if, you know, you've got a hundred container ships sitting off of uh, LA that are just sitting there and you have all of your capacitors from Japan in a certain, uh, um, truck, well, not truck, but container, and you're waiting for them for 30 days to unload that that's affecting your bottom line as well. And so there are things that he says about MSRP that I think I kind of agree with, but we just live in such uncertain times in terms of getting components to where they need in a timely manner that it is affecting MSRP. Now, does that mean that when EVGA uh, sends out a card to a retailer that it's really costing them $1,300 uh, to, to actually get that shipped. Well, no, because the retailers like Newegg, Amazon, whoever, the third party guys, they're able to mark that up just because there is scarcity due to a hundred other factors before even manufacturing the PCB and getting the heat seat on it. Um, so I, I think that there is, uh, a little bit of, of, uh, some some hitting some like you know feeling that high of of predictable margins that will eventually kind of come crushing down once supply starts and and shipping starts to normalize back and there are going to be other cryptocurrencies that people will want to mine for and even if you know ethereum is is the big one i mean there's dozens of others and there will still be and we live in a world where you know google and meta slash facebook amazon all these guys they need more processing power and Mm -hmm. we're seeing a shift um from these guys that they're buying more and more cpus more and more gpus this is why the enterprise um sector is just going insane for both, well, for all three, for Intel, NVIDIA, and AMD, because all the stuff that we have in our in our hands and visualizations and mapping and whatever, it takes so much power to, to, to be able to serve 8 billion people, five and a half of which have, you know, some kind of smartphone probably. Okay, I'm pulling that statistic out of my butt. But anyway. I think it's um, a good percentage. I think it's it's fairly... Accurate. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, you know, we live in a very different world than we did four years ago, uh, when video card prices were much more mundane and affordable to people and available and actually seeing sales. And I don't know if we'll ever get back to that point, uh, just because the need for more and more processing power is just, I mean, it's, the non-consumer level of, of how many transistors are allocated to those things is exploding. And yeah, I, I, I don't, I, I think I agree with him in ways that MSRP is going to go away in somewhat. I mean, they're still going to set a baseline, but we'll kind of know that baseline when, you know, X amount of, of, of manufacturers actually release products that are actually in stock and we'll see what that price is. I, 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 I would be surprised if NVIDIA announced MSRPs, AMD looks like they will continue to, but I don't know if NVIDIA will, it, it's just going to be like, Hey, we're going to release this. You know, our partners may price it, you know, in between 600 and a thousand dollars, but what they do is what they do. And maybe it's not great messaging, but it frees up their um, suppliers a bit to be able to charge what they feel that they can afford to. But that's, you well, know, it's capitalism. Yep. Yeah. And what's the benefit of them to giving us an MSRP to complain about? Yeah. Yeah. If there, they literally don't no, give us one, we can't point. judge it. There's, so they lose the benefit of it where it used to be, yeah. we talk about there are SKUs that are 5 to $10 apart and how it's a little bit ridiculous, but at the same time, it's kind of nice that if you're on a budget where it's like, I literally can't spend that extra 10 or $15, I can grab a card that is just tiny little bit below it 
and the performance reflects that price as well. It was tied directly to it, whereas now it's, uh, yeah, how much you got? Because uh, this guy over here has got more than you, probably. Well, how much does he have? He's got more than you. All right, well, I'll give you a 10 grand for it. Oh, all right, we'll give it to you this time. Come back next time, though. And uh, the other hurtful thing about what uh, Kyle talked about, which hurts more because it's true, is the vast majority of consumers just don't care anymore. They, they want to go in and be told that this card will do what you need it to. Away you go. They don't even know the model number. They don't care what the RAM is. They don't care what the, the burst clock is, the thermal performance of it. They are just walking in and saying, yeah, I want a shiny computer. Okay, well, what do you do? Well, I play these games. Well, here you go. They don't even question what's in it. They don't care. And that hurts. I mean, for us, uh, we're obsessed with, you know, the bits and bobs. Come on, of Jeremy. You, you could become an influencer. You could make tens of thousands of dollars a week by influencing consumers with your really interesting stage Instagram posts. Um, I maybe show off a little, little crack, um, smile a lot, do a lot of peace signs and make <laughs> a fuzzy filter. Yeah, you can do it. It's, it's, you know, it's nowhere oh, to go forgot, but up. You forgot charging for a product placement behind me. Well, not only that, but I was going to install a hot tub in my office. Some time ago, all of the, well, I think most of the ones that I went to, to look at anyways, the BTO sites moved away from asking for what graphics card, how much CPU, uh, how much RAM do you want in a particular build? You can still kind of move to that interface, but most of them move towards select the games of which you're playing and at what resolution you want to play at. And we'll spec the machine out for you and here's how much you pay that's just backs up what jeremy was trying to say is the consumer doesn't care anymore they just want to be able to say i can play this game at this resolution and i want and the basically the site is saying you're going to be at 60 fps with this configuration Eh, that may or may not be true i think they tend to come out a little bit under spec a little overpriced but you know you're paying for to have it all put together and delivered ready to go at your door well i mean we're certainly seeing Maybe not the demise, but but the decline of long form review um, journalism. Oh yeah, and uh, you know something that 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 Kyle made his mark on with you know <laughs> some really 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 solid review products <clears throat> and posts and articles. But I mean, you're you're talking ten thousand words, and who has time to read ten thousand words anymore? I mean, people can write it because they used to make money on it, but now it's just. <clears throat> You, you have a little small blog. You write a few things about it. You link to some of the marketing materials of, you know, NVIDIA and AMD. And uh, you go from there. And it's just, you know, and it, it's influencers. I mean, the, the influencers are being paid to push products rather than, again, these technical long-form reviews, which are just no longer popular. Now, I, I do have a small theory that I'll quickly Eventually, everything that is old is new again. Yes. And there will be an increased desire for what makes this thing tick from consumers. And they'll, Hmm. you know, they'll see influencers just throwing off these things and fancy, you know, photo shoots and, you know, very popular type things. But, you know, they're, of course, very little substance. But that's not happening today. It's not happening tomorrow. It's going to be years down the line where, you know, people will change and there will be eventually a need for that kind of information or at least a want. And we may see another, you know, revival of of online websites with with technical uh, content, both in video and written form. But it's not going to be anytime soon. I blame the audiobook. <laughs> it was the beginning of holy crap i don't have to read anymore i can just listen to someone talk i don't have to put the effort into reading anymore because uh, it's not just us it, it, long form journalism is dying in every pretty much except for people like us who are very involved in it and we've got a smaller crowd that is also very involved in it but for the vast majority it's like people are not 
searching for long form reviews. And I, I don't know how they can do it because when we're chatting and chat and I have to refer back to the review to see, so what was the boost cock on that thing anyways? Do I really want to jump back and forth in a video and to go back to when he said what the boost clock was? And well, the answer is they don't care. Like it'll play your game at 60 FPS. Okay. I'll buy that one. Yeah. That's like he he made a point, you know, back in the day, did you ask what VC, what chip, you know, what series of chips to do audio video decoding in your VCR? Yeah, in your VCR, which is a good no. damn point. I did yeah. not. Yeah. <clears throat> Nobody cares. Did the VCR work? Did it hit the specs? Yeah. Well, first off, it should have been beta because that is my counterpoint that we did have strong opinions about VHS versus beta. I don't know. Beta People was, did know. Uh, dig into that first generation of HD, DVD, and Blu-ray players. I mean, they well, had that strange Pentium 4 and all kinds of strange shit. It took like a minute to boot up your HD DVD player. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, dare I mention Laserdisc, Josh? That was No, let us not. <laughs> Still the best audio quality going. True. As you know. Pretty good. I think as long as there is a enthusiast community who is interested in making use of any and all available add-in cards and components. And if, as long as there's interest in building it yourself, we still have motherboards. We still have processors. We still have Ram, still have graphics cards. It's just that a pandemic started. And then throughout 2020, watch the rise of Bitcoin. And towards the end of the year, it got up to 30,000. And then it was close to 40,000. And then all 2021, it pretty much stayed forty to sixty thousand all year, and even hit almost seventy thousand at one point. If if the bubble bursts, and whether you believe that Ethereum is some magical special thing that has nothing to do with Bitcoin, look at the rise and fall of Ethereum versus Bitcoin. It's exactly the same. Mm-hmm. It's like looking at a, a at a echo or a shadow, and if it drops and is not profitable, it's, it's, it's not a different product. It's just no, a product no. at a different price. It's the same. It's the mm-hmm. same exact thing. It's just. It's just complex math. Yeah, and the product is going to follow the same uh, timeline. It's just going to be set differently because it came out later. Yeah, it's like you know comparing a, you know, a pine ore to. I'm going someplace different. Never mind. Uh, Pinot Noir. I was going to do different woods, but that would make you know that wouldn't yeah. make sense. It'd be like, oh, so people are expecting Ethereum to be like a mahogany statue, when it's you know a different statue Plywood. made of the same wood. As, but Josh, it's all oh, about yeah. how you leverage the blockchain. You need to understand. You don't understand. Oh, you just clearly don't understand the technology. What a bunch of it's all how we're layering our product, and here's it takes another, about a month. There's another yeah. uninformed fool on the internet saying that these are not the future of currency because obviously it is. And as we've seen in the pandemic freak out fueled rise of speculation on a nonsense, nothing, <laughs> it's nothing. Any more on this? We, yeah, it's been like yeah. an hour. No, only 45 minutes. Okay. Only 40 minutes. Since we started the stream, roughly. No. We've only been yeah. recording for 32 minutes. Oh. Amazing. How to- topic two, my lord. Topic yeah, okay. two. Yes. Uh, we heard last week about NVIDIA uh, possibly, this is, I guess, still a rumor, maybe not buying ARM. Well, AMD is getting the go-ahead. They've been given the green light for their acquisition of Xilinx. Dun-dun-dun. Sure, why not? It's another one of those names that only works when it's written down. Otherwise, it's <laughs> what in the hell were you thinking? Oh, bargain okay. at $35 billion. Oh, kind of, yeah. Uh, this is, uh, one of the biggest suppliers of FPGAs overseas. And that was kind of part of the whole thing for the PRC is that they're still going to want their own, uh, proprietary FPGAs produced by, uh, Linux or Xilinux or however you want to say it, the X company. Uh, so, well, that passed. Uh, Department of Justice and the FTC down in the states, however, um, are also required to give their approval. And the problem is that January tenth was the absolute last deadline for submissions for the time where in between when AMD announced that they were going to purchase them, 
and when it had to be approved. So we've got a couple more days before that window opens again. And they're relatively short. Uh, I don't know exactly, but it's, it's weeks to months, not years. So, you know, sometime towards the end of the month, we'll probably find out if they have any issues with it. I don't expect they do. It's not as monopolistic as some of the other uh, buyouts that we've been seeing lately. And it's going to be really big for AMD because the one thing that they don't really have are uh, high-powered computing stuff. Like they've got some HPC products, but compared to NVIDIA, compared to Intel, that's the one area they're sort of lagging behind in. And hopefully this is actually going to be a big jump in putting them uh, into that sort of market in a year or two. Make sense, Josh? Yeah. Yeah. Now that's the FPGAs. I mean, Z-Lynx is a well-run company. They've been making money forever. Uh, they have mm-hmm. good products. They've partnered with everybody under the sun things uh they make about a billion a quarter and they have one eighth the workforce that like amd does and so i mean they're a nicely profitable company that has a uh very uh i mean the, the market is is not huge but they control a significant amount of it so it it makes sense it, it, I, I think that they can leverage each other's uh, expertise and um, go into manufacturing with, uh, you know, better wafer deals just because of the size of the combined company. That it's it's a win-win for both. 12th gen Alder Lake laptop CPUs. This is, I don't even Questions? know why I picked this uh, particular article because I wanted to see what the performance is like because we haven't tested it yet. Andrew Cunningham did this review. I have to say, Andrew, you did a nice job. However, if you look at these charts, you're only seeing the name of the laptop. So I have to go back up to the top, like, okay, wait a minute, MSIG. So here's the problem with long form. I have to read. And now I have to remember, <laughs> read and retain information because uh, the MSI GE76 Raider is the 12th gen, but the... ZBook Studio G8 has 11th gen, 11950H, not the HK, and then there's something else. There's some weird fruit in there. Yeah, and then there's a MacBook Pro, which at least says M1 Max. I wish these would say like <laughs> 12, you know, 12900HK and whatever. Anyway, that, believe it or not, the GE76 Raider with the 12th gen, if you're looking at Geekbench, for example, single core performance, Significantly faster than the M1 Max. Let's look at multi-core. Impossible. Wait, where's multi-core? Twenty-three multi-core anyway. But that's going to be more friendly towards Intel anyway, because of uh, the AVX extensions. Oh, yeah, AVX twelve, five twelve. But yeah, if you go down to Geekbench, there's a okay. Here's the multi-core. Okay, so (laughs) if, if. this is where Apple is going to win every time until architecture That's close. changes. It's yeah, close. It's close in the overall. 21 point is... But Geekbench 5, very pro-Apple, I would say, historically, over the years. And this is on mobile and desktop. When uh, I used to smart phones. You just, I've you never knew, like, just how professionally much used Geekbench 5 because it doesn't mean anything. Mm-mm. <laughs> I just, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I appreciate the guys trying to do it, but it's just, anyway. Yeah. Move along. Yeah, let's move along. Uh, There are other reviews out there as well, I'm sure. What is this? um... Yeah, the short story of that Earth review is don't bother to bump up your voltage. It doesn't really do much. The reason that Intel is building in Ohio and making it like the heartland whatever $2 billion. Uh, Ohio is is paying them tremendous amount of money in incentives. and Because obviously it will benefit Ohio greatly to have the biggest fab there. Apparently it was not even necessarily Intel's first choice. I think they were looking at uh, Wisconsin as well. It is it's a serious investment because that factory is going to be there for a long time. And it's going to employ people with high skills who make reasonable money. 
and taxes will be good for a long time. Just they, they, they just need not to kill the golden goose. Time to move to Cincinnati, is it? Never I know time. Some people in Cincinnati. Area. Cincinnati. <laughs> yeah. There are some people. Florence. <laughs> yeah, I think they run a church or something. EVGA. I finally did a news post on this last night. I don't know what took me so long. It's been a few days since they started teasing this on social media and then they did a press release. It's not out yet. Let's talk about a product you can't buy any graphics card. Or this, the E1. What is the E1? Uh, The audio podcast subscriber wonders, what are they talking about, E1? Remember when BMW made a case? (laughs) What was that? Kind of reminds me of that. Okay. How How come there are only three mentions of carbon fiber, one gaming rig, and one kingpin? After all of these years that you've been doing Tags? Tags, I yeah. I, I, I wonder if maybe some of the tags didn't survive the site transition or something. Could be. Like a, Could well, be. you spell fiber wrong as well. Mm, no, I spelled it the American way. Correct. It's the American way. All right. Uh, the E1, it's a carbon fiber or carbon oh, fibre frame. <laughs> it's less than three pounds for the whole, uh, I guess you would call it enclosure. And then... There are these metal posts. I assume they're metal. Maybe they're titanium or something, some kind of ultralight alloy. And what happens is they suspend the motherboard with wires from this frame. And so it hangs in the center. It's wild. It's it's a it's a gaming PC. It's not just a, a frame case thing. And it's going to include an unnamed graphics card. I thought that was funny. They only mentioned that's a Kingpin graphics card. Uh, so we're th- I'm thinking it was supposed to be 3090 Ti, but of course that didn't end up with any more information by the end of the month. Launching so, today? Yesterday? Yeah. Hmm. It's going to have a Z690 Dark Kingpin <clears throat> motherboard, a 1600-watt titanium power supply, which I said in the in the nose post, getting those thirty ninety Ti vibes again from that sixteen hundred watt power supply <laughs> requirement, and uh, their new cooler, and it's got analog gauges that look like they came off of a bike pump. This whole thing reminds me of a carbon fiber bike. I'm like, this is just like a bike inspired thing, oh, it's like a road bike, yeah. right down to the cables. Like what? Are, they're kind of like um like the brake lines, you know, the shifters. But they have a video about it. It's uh. It's beautiful, and if you're into this... Josh, doesn't this remind you of the the certain uh, hotel room that TSMC once rented at uh, CES? The one with the swing... The only one I remember is Global Foundries. Or no, sorry, it was Global Foundries, wasn't it? But you know what I'm talking It was a rather interesting... It truly was, but there was definitely some people who didn't understand the whole suspension thing. Yes. So, yeah. Enjoy this 3D render of a product that's not available. We have no information about pricing. It's just a wild-looking enclosure. I thought, like, NVIDIA... Not NVIDIA. I immediately had vibes of the InWin D-Frame cases, but those are way more material than this, and they certainly weigh a lot more than... Do you remember the Antec Spider thing? Yep. Had a massive fan right over top of everything. It, oh yeah, know, it yeah. Had, it was almost like open test bench. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. Yes, yes. I know that one. Okay, Jeremy, depress us, please. We haven't talked about a malware or security vulnerabilities or anything yet this week. Not for a week. Not for a week. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Hard to it? catch up, isn't it? Oh, uh, what's this? This what's this bundle of joy? Is brata, it, uh, brata? Brata. Yeah, beat on the brata. Yeah, this is uh, a lovely one that's uh, apparently sort of been around for a while and we just haven't really cared much uh, because it's not been in North America, Uh, UK, Italy, uh, Brazil most recently. But what it is is an incredibly well-crafted piece of malware that looks exactly like your bank's app. 
and they do it for different banks. And so if they do a little bit of uh, research on you to figure out, you know, which bank you're probably using, they'll send you an email saying, Hey, you know, we've got a new app, please update it. It of course doesn't come from the Google store, but I mean, who cares if your app comes from Google play or not? It's, it's all fine. And this bloody thing is really well designed. First off, like they, they handcraft each of them. So, cause banks differ from country to country. So each one is done and it's done exactly like your banking app. It looks exactly like it. But once it gets on your phone, first thing it does is hunt down any AV software that it's got and kills it. Uh, and your AV didn't catch it in the first place because it's stuck inside of an encrypted jar when you install it. So the actual program itself is encrypted to the point where your AV is like, yeah, I can't see what it is. Maybe it's okay. Why, why is it carrying such a big knife? Um, oops. Okay. Now I'm gone. Once that's done, uh, it grabs your GPS. Uh, it'll grab screenshots. It'll grab your keystrokes. It will, of course, grab all the banking information that you're gleefully feeding it. And we'll probably even allow at least some of the transactions to go through. So you don't catch it off right away. And then <laughs> just to make it even more annoying, uh, the way that it's communicating with the, the command and control servers is via like crap, like web sockets where the, your phone isn't even bright enough to realize this could be sort of a bad thing. And once you start to behave as if, you know, you might've started to catch on that maybe this isn't the greatest software and there might actually be a problem. Well, you know what it does? It factory resets your phone. So it's gone. It's wiped along with everything else that you had that you could have sworn you backed up recently and probably didn't. So it's just a nasty, nasty one. And it's been wandering around the globe recently. There's no reason to think it won't hit North America any soon. It, it's, it's going to, it may even have hit and people just haven't noticed it yet. So yeah, this one is just, it, it's nasty from the ground up. So yeah, don't, don't download apps to your phone from random places. It, it seems simple. So a curated app store is a good thing. Okay. Okay. Yes or no? <laughs> I mean, as long as it's on the Microsoft store. Yeah, just, nobody. The Microsoft Store just, is a cesspool. You'll never find a more wretched hive of scum and villainy than the Microsoft Store. Uh, okay, that was depressing. But here's something benign: yeah. JDEX specs. What could be more benign than that? And they officially have HBM3 specifications. So we've heard about HBM3 before. We've been hearing about HBM3 for like six years, but they have official specifications for it now. Double the channel. Pseudo channels? Okay. It's multi-threaded, baby. Multi-threaded memory. Fantastic. Yeah. How is this different from DDR5? I haven't really studied DDR5. <clears throat> DDR5 has multiple channels per DIM. I guess it's just because it is the way it's... Do you remember the, the VIA technology of uh, that they did SD-RAM, VC-SD-RAM? Mm, barely. It's the same theory of, of technology is that <clears throat> you can get better kind of interleaving by having virtual channels. So more channels and virtual channels. So 16 becomes 32 in effect. Uh, look at that. Only 1.1 volts. So yeah, it's yeah. Cause it doesn't need yeah. to run as fast. It's wide. It's wide, baby. It doesn't need to be deep. <laughs> yeah. Forget about that's the great thing about HBM. The width is just amazing. Think back to the, the Fury X launch. Those graphics yep. cards had unbelievable. Uh, 1024 bit. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> how you know, how AMD is falling. Like, uh, all the way to 64. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, that's a cheap shot. Accurate. Hey, but, but accurate. But true. Yeah. No, it's uh, the only problem is have they finished? Uh, have they fixed the uh, price problem? Because I love HBM, but it it's not cheap. Hopefully it's gotten a little bit less expensive. Well, I think, you know, AMD continues to utilize it in certain products. NVIDIA actually utilizes it in their A100, I believe. Good point. Uh, some more, uh, you know, specialized server type applications have been uh, looking into it. So, I mean, it it is still growing, but not exponentially. 
mainly because the interface is so very expensive as compared to, you know, 256-bit GDDR6, which you've got to get your timings and design right, but it's not taking up a huge amount of pad space on your chip. Because 4,000 bits is... Yes. It's a lot. Yeah. Just, like, think. I know it's a different memory technology, but it's just fun. Back... When the Fury X came out, it's four gigabytes of memory at, uh, on a 4,096-bit bus. Huh. It was just, it's ludicrous. But Look at the size of that silicon die. In, in yeah, it's a biggie. It's, it, it can do it just because that's so freaking huge. I like the big ones. Yeah. <laughs> And then just fast forward to 2022, oh, and we have four gigabytes of, of memory, uh, but only 64 bit width. So. Ooh. <laughs> anyway, cheap shot. Google is in the news. This is an article at Ars Technica. Google relents. Legacy G Suite users will be able to migrate to free accounts. Last week, Google essentially told the free users to pay up or lose your account. Isn't it funny? Guess who got? Guess who got this email? You. You did. That would be correct. Yeah. So this is near and dear, and it's and it's the reason I got it is because of you know, PC perspective. So yeah, we're we're actually caught up in this as well. We we have a very old account. Yeah. Ryan was always quick to jump on things, so it doesn't surprise me that we would have had yep. an old. Mate, we had version. Google Wave for a bit. So yeah, this is a little bit a little bit personal. I almost you know started to migrate stuff, and I'm glad I waited because it looks like there's going to be an avenue to continue for very old accounts. Just good. Mm-hmm. We don't need email. I mean, everything's social yeah. now. Just use Snapchat. Mm-hmm. Occasionally, we still us, use email. Like, just why are you why are you sending me? I'll see you in the Slack mail? channel. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Just slack me. Just, can you imagine? Slack me. What if the only way to interact with companies was to have them relentlessly spam you in like a PR <laughs> channel in your Slack. Like just, you would just ignore All that right. channel and you would never hear from these people again. Inconceivable. I do not think that word means what you think it does. Well, no, I just get <laughs> spammed all day anyways. So, I mean, I don't see the difference. Raspberry Pi. Can't buy it. Life well, sucks. But maybe you can't yeah, buy it. Bits. Can yeah, but 64 bits. That's awesome. It. Hey, so what if you're this a lucky is a- owner? This is a good instance of 64 bits. I So the Pi 3, Pi 4, Pi 02W, all flavors can run a 64-bit OS now. But, you know, they have 64-bit processors, so. Well, they have for a while. But, but Yes, but there was a 32-bit OS. You couldn't get a 64, well, unless you were brave, couldn't get a 64 Well, and they did some wonderful things uh, where you could get a program to address up to 3 gigs maximum, but you could run multiple... <laughs> programs at the same time and each of them could grab a different three gigs but still it was more an elegant solution to a problem that shouldn't exist in the first place so yeah they've been working on this for a while it's been in beta for a long time but as of today they've launched it that uh, there's native 64-bit which is awesome because the vast majority of the new programs that run on arm 64 are written specifically for arm 64 they don't they will play with ARM32, but they don't like to, I guess is a good way to say it. So this is, you know, a big, huge compatibility thing for a lot of people. I just wish I could buy one. Gaming Quick Hits. It's the segment that's sweeping the nation. We have a couple of news bits on the PC gaming front this week. Battlefield 2042. What a novel idea. EA has decided to finish <laughs> the game instead of just working on adding DLC. Isn't that nice? <laughs> Maybe they're not going to produce a Battlefield 2042 NFT. They'll actually finish the effing game instead. Outstanding. Season one yeah, delayed. It's, it's already half off now. Ouch. It's only Seriously. been, what, two months, if that? Yeah. <clears throat> I'm yeah. not even sure it's, Cyberpunk 2077 fell that anymore. fast. I don't even think uh, that Oh, yeah, it probably did. Uh, 
Did it? I certainly bought it for significantly less than full price. Oh, okay. But I mean, if this won't teach you not to pre-order, there's not a damn thing that's going to. For crying out loud. Because that was the thing, is if you pre-ordered it, you were promised the season pass, so you'd be playing your season one expansion right now in a game <laughs> that barely functions because, as our PS put it, uh, voice communication will soon exist. We fixed the scoreboard. Is this not like... Oh, no, Josh. Our ping, uh, our, our ping estimates will be more accurate. Maybe plus or minus now, 100 milliseconds? I don't know, because I, mean, I haven't bought is, it. Is there an advantage to using voice communications inside the game rather than just something like Discord? I mean... Ah, well, now, because uh, apparently they're also going to make it more rewarding to work as a squad and work towards objectives, which is definitely a totally new mechanic for the Battlefield series. Uh, I don't think we've ever explored this one before. Because it's it's not nearly as annoying to jump on a random server and somebody starts playing that Wadalahi <laughs> song over voice communication the entire yeah. round. Because that's awesome. <laughs> just mute them. Can't get no enough of that. Gameplay. Sony, in a desperate attempt at relevance, has said, hey, Microsoft can buy things. Well, we can too. In fact, we can buy something that's associated with Microsoft. Sony buys Bungie. You know, the guy, the people who made Halo. I th- this is Sony's mm-hmm. version of a hot take, isn't it? Right. It's like, hey, <laughs> hey look at that. We spent $3.6 oh, yeah? billion. Oh yeah, Maybe you spent sixty-eight point seven billion last week, but we can spend three point six. At three point six billion, did they? That's just stuff they found on the couch, really. That's chump change for Sony. Come on, uh, yeah, they're not as <laughs> big as Microsoft, are they? No, but then again, um, it's a fraction yeah. in comparison to fifty-seven billion. So you think Sony is as big as Microsoft? No. I think that they probably make fraction. more money. A quarter, but their market cap is probably less than Microsoft. He's going to look up some numbers. I'm, I'm fucking looking it up. Sony's, Sony's market Stone. cap. Their valuation. I'm is, not. I'm telling you, market cap is not the same. I know, but like we could look at revenue. We it looks look like their, the investors are really happy with this investment. Uh, I by don't the trend want necessarily I'm to look surprised. up. Uh, like the last earnings call for Sony to see what their sales and profit were. But I guess their sales were what, 25 billion last quarter. So maybe, maybe they're not as big as uh, so uh, Microsoft valuation is three point, uh, 2.35 trillion dollars. Sony worth a bit less than that. Anyway, Mm. but what is their quarterly earnings? Microsoft quarterly. Oh, I just said Sony revenue twenty twenty one. Microsoft prints money. They they do quite well. Yeah, they're about double the they're about double the quarterly. So fifty one yeah. billion versus twenty six. Twenty six bill. Yeah. All right. I'm, well, I'm, I'm wrong then. I'm sorry. Darn Microsoft. Mind you, when you, you get the billions, uh, does it really matter how many there are? It's, yes, you just you lose a zero every now and then. Look, Sony was around making you know important hardware devices long before like, Bill like, Gates. Yeah, started Microsoft. Trinitron. Right? Yeah, Trinitron. They were making solid state radios that were the best in the world. They were making, they made high style stuff. Remember Sony Style magazine? It was all about the style. Yep. And guess who copied <laughs> their style? Steve Jobs. Everything Apple ever oh. did. Hey, Brett. Everything. Apple ever did was ripping you, you off. You can't Sony. hurt me. You can't. You can't you hurt me with your rip your nonsense. You can't. I can if I drop an Ultron on rip you. Off. You know just the theme bounces, of this episode has been there's right nothing new me. under the sun. That's right. It bounces right off me. Go to Cupertino and you will just see a shrine to the Sony. There's every issue of Sony Style magazine ever printed <laughs> on the wall. Steve only some of the pages Xerox. Some of the <laughs> and a picture of Ives or maybe a statue. Some of the pages in the staff lounge are stuck together. Uh, well, right. the ones near the bathroom. I won't tell you why, but they were very interested <laughs> yeah. in Sony style back in the day. Okay. Uh, oh, Lord. <laughs> I posted anyway, a review. Fun story. Sony buying Bungie. That's funny. Yes. I, I posted know. a review today. Yeah. 
So I can have a two, 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 two review. Two, I've been talking two. about this for a little while. This is not a new product. Why would you review? Why would anybody review a product that came out at the end of 2020 when it's already been replaced? Well, uh, in why my wouldn't defense, you call it the XR2? I mean, that uh, is yeah. two, 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 In two, my two. defense, I did not uh, know about the existence of the XR1 Pro when I started this review. And then it was announced last month. And I'm like, oh, crap. And then I looked and like, well, are they still selling the XR1? No. Should I just not publish this review? So I finally just did today. And uh, here's the thing. You can still buy this product. It's a USB capture device. Think, okay. Uh, Elgato, obviously, very well known in this category. USB 3.0 capture device that does 1080 capture. That you're thinking probably the Elgato HD 60S or one of its you know ancestors. I had the HD 60S. So there's a bunch of these. There's three now in the AVGA family, and they have a product comparison. Even though you can't buy the XR1 from them anymore, you can still find it at places like Newegg. This product is selling for 119 dollars right now. After the XR1 was released, they came out with the XR1 Lite. It got rid of the RGB lighting, the physical uh, control dial on the top. It got rid of the um, microphone input, the analog microphone input. Stripped it down to do 1080-60 capture with 4K60 pass-through. Not HDR, just regular 4K60 pass-through. That's $69. The XR1, at around $119, adds... Some confusing pass-through options. It's it's really not different than the XR1 Lite, other than the fact that you can turn it off and pass through uh, higher refresh rates and HDR and stuff. And then the XR1 Pro, which, as you can see, everything here is checked off. Like, it does high refresh capture. It'll do pass-through all the way up to 1080, 240, or 1440, 144. So it, the XR1 Pro at $150 is a better device. Now, if you can find one of these XR1s, these first-generation XR1s, for a good price, it's actually a pretty good device, as I discovered. It's... it's it's a USB capture device that'll do 1080-60. It's nothing crazy. It does have some interesting capabilities. Here's one of the little graphs they show, like a use case. And there are physical con- uh, there's physical control involved. And you can see how this control dial functions here. You'd have to memorize this. But I mean, I'm sure you get to the point where you just like, you know, like long pressing does this and rotating and pushing it to this side does that. And you don't even need to use any software. I didn't use any software at all. I just use OBS. This is an OBS certified device. And look at this. I played some Final Fantasy VII, everybody's favorite PC port uh, of a PS5 game. I don't think you've read the reviews on this. Oh, really? No, I thought everybody <laughs> loved the port. It wasn't lazy or rushed or anything. So mm-hmm. using that uh, Lenovo mobile workstation that I recently reviewed, I did some game capture. I played for about an hour before I realized what was happening. And, uh, I don't know, it looks good. Even these JPEGs taken from the MKV file, taken from my indistinguishable f- uh, size is what I chose in OBS in MKV format. It looks good. And I didn't have any issues with it. There's just that little bit of latency. If you're looking at, like, the OBS screen, you can't really play any kind of twitchy game if you're streaming with this. You need a separate monitor, which is why it has pass-through. So I was playing on my monitor passing it through and recording on the laptop everything worked great wasn't dropping frames or anything 1080 60 was fine but here's the interesting thing about this it has a uvc driver it has uh usb video class support what is that Camlink 4k so if you plug in any hdmi video source into this thing the os sees it as a webcam so you can have the best-looking Zoom calls that anybody's ever seen. Just use your DSLR <laughs> and HDMI cable and this thing. You're like, wow, you look like you're in a TV studio. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. Uh, so anyway, it's it's interesting. Here's the current picture on Newegg. Uh, and the end result of this review is don't buy this by the Pro, if you possibly can. <laughs> or buy the Light, because the Light does the same thing. It's just it doesn't have as many features. It's just if you just want HD60 capture, there's a reason the XR1 Lite is the number one bestseller capture device on Newegg. 
It's sixty-nine dollars. Does HD sixty? Nice. I paid, I paid over a hundred for my Elgato HD sixty S back in the day. So it's there. At least one category is getting cheaper. And look at this. Who needs RGB lighting effects when it is has a mirror finish and will reflect the box behind me? This uh, over overdrive processor box. That's pretty sweet, actually. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Mirror finish products are always nice. popular because they show fingerprints and they scratch easily. So, what you need yeah, is a set of these so gloves. Awesome. I'm not sure if you've seen these yet. Yes. I might just model them again. Hmm. Okay. Uh, someone in the YouTube chat asked, what do you guys think about RTX voice slash NVIDIA broadcast? Well, well, talk about what's going on. Right they're now. listening to it right now because they got <laughs> While sick I of turn hearing my furnace on the podcast last week because I was editing. I'm like, I, my microphone is too hot and the furnace is too loud. So I'm using NVIDIA Broadcast. I reinstalled the latest version, trying it. It's time for Picks of the Week. Yay. And let's uh, let's switch it up a little bit. Josh, you start this time. Oh, my gosh. Oh, shock. <laughs> uh, you so know, different. this Westinghouse was available for $199 uh, yesterday on, on, on Shuffle. Not do a Shuffle, but uh, their Flash. What is it called? Uh, Shell Shocker. Um. But still, it's a 32-inch VA panel, 2560 by 1440, 144 hertz, free sync, backlit LED gaming monitor, and it's still only 240 bucks. That's mm. just, that's ludicrous. 32-inch. I mean, my first 32-inch was a refurb, 32-inch, 60 hertz, Dell, 2560 by 1600, and it was 800 bucks. Ryan paid for half of it. And I paid the other half because I was doing video card testing at the time. <clears throat> that thing is still downstairs working. And now they're offering for a quarter of the price something far more exotic and much more utilization. And it makes you sad. And it's even got like, you know, a stand that can go up and down. Height adjustable. 240 bucks. That's that's just that's dirt cheap. I mean, yeah, it's Westinghouse, but it's a good panel and it does everything it says. And it's VA, it's not TN. Hmm. Nothing wrong Go with that. Go out and I, get it. It's a nice upgrade for a lot of different monitors. And twenty five sixty okay. by fourteen forty is not that bad of a jump down from twenty five sixty by sixteen hundred. For a Westinghouse <clears throat> product, this looks pretty nice. It's got like a gamery oh. looking stand on it. Look at this. This looks like an Acer Predator device almost. Yeah, it's got those silly feet to it. <clears throat> yeah, for sure. That Don't care. It's, hey, it's high. They made a nice. Uh, <clears throat> made a nice thirty-four widescreen. Uh, you know, wide aspect. This one is as well. tilt and mm-hmm. height adjustment on the stand, isn't it? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. For for, for two thirty-nine ninety-nine. It's a good deal. Just buy it. It is. Tom's hardware. Just buy it. It's a lot of screen. 32 inch for it is. You know, sure you can handle that amount of screen. I just don't think I could handle it. Hmm. You don't think you could handle hmm. a 32 inch 1440 screen? Of course, you know, it, no, it well, is a I have 34s. It's a new 34s widescreen ones curved. Those those I can handle. It's it's a new egg pick, and if you ask gamers Nexus what they think. <laughs> Josh, you're making a sad face. <laughs> anyway, He's, you're not. You'll you're probably not saying that. You're not saying that Steve has a tendency to be slightly negative about things, do you? Is that what you're saying? He's a very happy man. Jeremy, mm, tell us about a proudly Canadian company. Oh, uh, MakerBot. The the good thing about MakerBot is that they make really really high end 3D printers. The bad part about it is they generally tend to overcharge for them. Uh, there are some competitors out there that do almost as good a job and offer about the same support, but cost significantly less. But when you get MakerBot on special, all of a sudden it becomes a really freaking good idea. So this is more of a high-end 3D printer. This is not an entry-level one because you're not going to drop 2500 bucks on an entry-level. But uh, for something that you know what you're doing and the fact that it's got two jets on it 
actually makes sense to you and makes you a little bit uh, excited, this is kind of a, an amazing deal for however long it's going to last. Uh, the MakerBot just came out with uh, the X version, so there is a newer version of it. But essentially, you can grab uh, the actual MakerBot method, which usually goes for about four or five grand. The Platinum uh, Care, which is usually only sold with the business one, which goes for another four grand, for a grand total of twenty five hundred and change. It's if you're look if you are a serious three D printer and you're looking for an upgrade up here in Canada, this is just a stupidly good price. It, it's about a quarter of the cost it would be if you bought it off off the shelf when it first came out. And honestly, it's been a long time since I've recommended a 3D printer. Uh, I finally convinced my brother to get one, uh, which he's just having a blast with. Uh, it was a Creality, which is, you know, it's significantly less expensive, much better for an entry level. But yeah, if you're into the 3D printing and you're looking for something significantly better than, you know, what you'll get for about 500 bucks, this is it. But don't play full price. It's it's not worth five grand. It's it is definitely with the uh, the the platinum care added to it. Definitely worth twenty five hundred bucks. Brett, what did you find at MaxSales.com for us this week? You know, you spoiled some of my my lead into this, which was three wah, things that I'm wah. definitely not known for. One is picking something audio related. Two is that audio related thing is from Audio Technica, and three that it's from Max Sales. Okay, who totally got bingo? Thinks, totally, totally. Somebody got bingo on the PC. Oh, and then can I can I add a footnote that the thing will always be a sale price that only MaxSales.com email subscribers got because then when I actually pull it up, I'm like, this is not even a compelling deal at all. One ninety nine. You know what? And then you'll say, totally right. no, but it's only like one nineteen for me because I got the email. Right. You know what? You're right. I did not notice this. I, I <laughs> you're so I predictable. Did not notice. Brad. Oh, it just it happened. I clicked through and I'm like, oh my gosh, what a deal. Wow. What a deal. I, I spend so much money at MaxSales.com and I get their newsletter <laughs> and I thought everybody got these deals. Okay. All right. So it's it's honestly it's a it's the same set I have on. It's the oh, M- did you buy it at MaxSales.com? I did not buy these at oh, MaxSales.com. Wow. But the Wait, ones that I including your I'm food. suggesting I'm suggesting that people who are subscribed do take a look is that these are the Bluetooth version of this ATH M50X headphones. Oh, so they're crap, and is what you're saying. For subscribers, they are available at $99. They're half off. Oh, they're only $99. Okay. 99 bucks. So if you got the email. And no, I did not realize, so I apologize if uh, if somebody, if this isn't working. I, I did not know. It's wow. 99 bucks for subscribers. <laughs> cool. So, uh, your yeah. pick of the week basically is get on the MaxSales.com uh, mailing list, OWC. And they do a really good deal sometimes. Can, can I do another one? Yeah, we've we got, got a much better later. mailing list. <laughs> no, Our mailing list is much better. I want to do uh, a different one. Sales. I want to cut it in later. <laughs> My pick uh, this week. Okay. I'm getting tired of the lack of availability of graphics cards because I like graphics cards. And I, you know, it's it sucks that you can't buy them. And then the option is because I've I've heard some suggestions floating around Twitter and stuff, like you know, comparing, you know, this recently launched graphics card to this older one you can buy used for less. And then seeing some comments like, "Well, I don't want to buy used because then you don't know, you know, what's been done to it. Don't get a warranty." Now, I'm not as worried about a warranty, but I totally understand. I don't want one that's been mined on before. I don't know what people have done with it. So buying new is good. So my pick this week is a new graphics card. And who doesn't who doesn't like new GeForce cards? And you know you can buy them on the, on the like second hand market. Okay, so the, I'll just show you. It, this is a GeForce card, Ooh. an actual NVIDIA GeForce card that I bought brand new, and it wasn't even that expensive somehow. So. <laughs> Uh, this is not going to play the latest games. I don't okay, think it has DirectX 12 support. <laughs> I don't even think it necessarily has DirectX 11 support or DirectX 10 support. I think it has DirectX hey, 9 support, though. Will this will this work on my AGP 4X board? 
Just checking. Just want to make yes, sure that it's yeah, backwards compatible. Yes, it is, compatible. It is an 8X board, but it is backwards compatible. In fact, PNY, this Virto series, they were oh. selling this in a PCI version. I had the PCI nice. version of the GeForce 4 MX440. And the MX440 nice. is a lower-end variant. I'm not, And the Virto series was the more affordable stuff from PNY. So it's not their high-end enthusiast stuff. So uh, what you YouTube go into a wants Circuit a, City or Best Buy and get back YouTube day, wants a hash rate number... Mine wants a hash rate number for that do you do you happen to have that offhand or i have never opened this so i cannot mm. tell you what the hash Don't rate step on the dog geforce mm. 4 with its 64 megabytes of ddr memory i don't think you can even mine i, I, I can megabytes. i can one up that okay oh what do you got there i've got the geforce 2 mx 400 with 64 megs of memory looks got a remote it does the old uh, hex to see everything. It was the the uh, <clears throat> competition to uh, the ATI, you know, all in wonder. This is oh, the, the I have an all in wonder card still. <laughs> oh my god, Josh! How do you? How is that still in the box? That's got to be in your current gaming rig, right? Is that what you're using right now? Yes, yes. I should unbox this sometime, but. Yeah, now I've got a GeForce 4 TI-4600 up there, some Voodoo 5s. and Oh, just yeah, Voodoo 5s, anyway. no big deal. Yeah. Yay, my son's finally grabbing my dog who was barking out back. Hmm. But I, for some reason, I thought this was GeForce 4. But it was not. Uh, because the GeForce 4 4400, wasn't that still a DX seven base part that was kind of a supercharged GeForce 2. But this, this claims claims DirectX 8.1 optimizations and support. So. MX 440. Yeah. The cut down GeForce 4. I don't know how Well, it was DX 8.1 compliant, but it was, it was not shader model. Okay. Whatever. So yeah, but anyway, sorry. No, it's fine. My bad. I, but the resolution support on this is, uh, is nearly modern, uh, up to 2048 by 1536 resolution. Ooh. Mm. So. Mm-hmm. Who added a monitor that they could drive with that? Yeah. No, I had a 22 inch. I could do that. Oh, see. Josh was at only 60 hertz, which sucked. I was all about lower resolution at higher refresh back in the day. Refresh. Exactly. 1280 by 1024 was. I would get headaches if I stared at a 60 hertz monitor. I had to do like 85. And if that meant 800 by 600, I didn't care. Yes. Remember the 85 hertz CRT displays? Yeah. Hey, they were funky when they first came out. Mm hmm. Hmm. Cool. Well, this trip Mm -hmm. down memory lane brought to you by PC Per. PCPer.com. Hmm. And thank you for listening to this podcast. Thank you for watching if you watched the YouTube version of it. Thank you for watching us live if you were with us when we streamed. We'll be back next week to do this all over again. And uh, that's all I have to say. Thank you. It's good. Good uh, night tonight. Thanks, everybody. Yeah. Been, been fun. Could be worse.